This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we have a guest. We have a guest. Hi! We are talking all about poly and zen and sex. So listen up. Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to alchemize, alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode, first of its kind. You are being blessed by a triad of love today. So we, we have a third individual special joining us. Special guest. Special guest. Obviously, we have C in here. He's always here. Um, You're never getting rid of me, babe. I know. It's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, and then we have myself, Sophie Ma, and then we have the most wonderful Suzanne uh, Zenshin. Zenshin. Say hi to the crowd. Hi. Say hi. Yeah. Hi, servus. Good good day. Good morning. Whatever. <laughs> I'm here. I'm very nervous. <laughs> You're doing great. Um, Suzanne is a dear friend of ours from, if you didn't pick up the accent, Germany, and part of the Hollow Bones Zen Order. So you may have noticed the last three episodes we've recorded have been very like Hollow Bones Zen themed, and that's because we are about to go into silent retreat, which means we have the luxury of spending time with Suzanne, who uh, we have known over Zoom for the last two years, and then now just uh, yesterday met for the first time in, in IRL, in real life. So we are excited to be here and sharing the love with you, our glorious listeners, and we have a, a triad-related topic today. Oh, double entendre is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what is it we're talking about today, love? You know, it, some, we're going to talk about something that on our social media people love when we talk about, but somehow we've made it through 20, I don't know how this has happened, 28 episodes, and we have not talked about the topic of polyamory. I thought you were going to go with conscious relating, but yeah, that too. Well, I mean, it's also, we've talked that, about conscious relating though, but we haven't talked about we polyamory haven't talked about specifically. Poly specifically. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. we've done some conscious relating. We've done conscious topics. relating, but that could be replicable to any style of relationship, right? Yeah, true. So for the audience, maybe you can explain what does for you, what does polyamory mean? And then maybe yeah. Suzanne, you can share as well. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can give you a technical specification for that. I want textbook or get out. Yeah, GTFO. yeah there's, there's definitely a lot of different um, ways of doing it, which, you know, I've been on different sides of different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for me, um, polyamory is more about uh, having conscious loving relationships not necessarily sexual but just like love loving relationships mm -hmm. that are uh instead of in a binary sort of um relation relationship it's more in uh two or more basically two or more i think is how i would describe it okay so like the total the sum total is the two? sum total of yeah, well, I mean, you can always just have a love relationship with yourself if you want, but <laughs> so I'm saying two or more. So there's there's at least two people, mm -hmm. um, and then there's potentially more in that as well. So three or four or five. What or, about a million? Well, I mean, what about seven billion? I, I mean, that would be uh, Turia, I think. That would be like Godhead where you just like merge with the cosmos and are in love with every being in the universe. So then we could have like a sensei style like, sex scene. That's like the ultimate poly, I think. <laughs> ultimate <laughs> yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's start with a couple, maybe a handful. Okay. <laughs> you know, a handful's good. So <laughs> uh, three to five, I think would be poly. But the, the thing is, once you get into more than two, which is the title of a great book, by the way, mm -hmm. on polyamory, more than two. Mm -hmm. 
Indeed. Um, this is really a great book. It, yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it really lays down a lot of good practices as far as how to enter it in a conscious way instead of just, oh, you know, my binary relationship's not good, so I'm going to add some more chaos into it. Yeah, which is tends to be the most common way that it's done. So we'll talk about pitfalls and trials and tribulations yeah, yeah. in a minute. But so the book goes into a lot of that. Yeah. Anyways, for me it's 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 more than two and it can look like a lot of different things. It can be two plus one, you mm-hmm. know, like two main partners, like primary partners, and then an additional that either one or the other has a relationship with or both Mm -hmm. which is what we started out as Mm -hmm. where there was a triad relationship a full triad um but then you could also have uh you know like a star where you have one with many sort of partners or two couples relating or you know infinite formation yeah it's just like it gets so complex that like really sky's the limit. I'm I'm sure we haven't even found all of the potential patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, once you get into like five or six or seven people, this is why they, they have something described as a polycule. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's molecule. Like a molecule. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> and you know, you know how many different um, patterns there can be in molecules, right? It's in it's pretty much infinite. Yeah. So there's really no way to define what poly is from that perspective and be prescriptive about it. Mm-hmm. Suzanne, what would you say? I, I'm seeing like she's there's some disagreement here, folks. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's disagreement. I would just I would just love to to add some more juice to it. Yeah. Um yeah. so we love juice around here. Great. Um so I'm I'm living in Cologne in, in Germany and uh, I'm joining their uh, polyamorous um, group, which is gathering um, once a month. And there is a great, great um, online website, whatever. And I missed to look it up before we did this uh, podcast, but there is um, uh, we have a link to to someone who just built up in very wonderful pictures what. Yeah, most common combinations mm. might be in mm. polyamorous uh, relationships, like A to B and B or A, B and C, because there can, can also be a line of, of people yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a row or in a triangle and with hierarchy or without hierarchy. And there's also this one thing called... Um, um, now I have I, I, I have lost the word. Maybe I get it uh, later. Mm-hmm. That um, you always each and every time you meet another person, you decide or you negotiate, so to say, each and every time new what kind of relationship you are in in this mm. very moment. Agreement. So yeah. is this oh, cool. now about sexuality? Is this now about just going into cinema? Is this now about whatever holding hands, kissing, um, or no? You know today we're not going to do anything uh, near as a couple. So, and then, um, so this is very, very interesting. And are we just having fun or are we on the relationship escalator where we're escalating things to, you know, like living together or something like that? Yeah. And especially in that case, I really love the so-called relationship relationship smorgasbord smorgasbord (laughs) don't know if you have ever heard about this um this is is really cool so you have different um aspects topics in your in your life maybe financial things kids Mm. um uh, where do you live um who is responsible for what in the relationship um with whom you have to talk about things Mm -hmm. and you can take this and have great conscious discussion about all the different things because you know love is just a word polyamory is just a word Mm -hmm. you need to understand what each and every one of the whole polycule yeah uh means by that how do you define how does each person define those words and how do we find a common understanding between us so that we're not unconsciously hating on each other for not not meeting unspoken agreements exactly about clarifying (laughs) rules and roles and responsibilities right which and and understandings yes which is like it's just honestly important in any relationship exactly however not common in binary relationships well i think we fall into like a standardized like you know here's the template yeah socialized as a female body does this stuff socialized as a male body does this stuff or if you have like a certain archetype then then you might alternate yeah and 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 then then there's also this this thing of you know this um elevator thing 
Mm-hmm. So when you go in any relationship, you think of, okay, first relationship moment, um, we see each other. Second moment, oh, we have a date. Third moment, oh, we kiss and so on and so on. So we, we, we think of how it should be in the next moment, but that isn't. And yeah, as you said, this shouldn't be the same and, and yeah. Mono, uh, amor, uh, uh, binary, a yeah. binary monogamous relationship. Yeah. yeah. It, it's often there, uh, that we see it like, okay, this is, mm. these are the steps you have to do and uh, mm. you have to make yeah. to come to a certain point. And for me, at least it's like, no, especially in poly. No, yeah. <laughs> because you always in a new situation, new combination. So, um, a little bit more flow, which means there needs to be more discussion. More, more discussion, direction. more consciousness, yes. more awareness of each and everyone and all the feelings, all the complex challenges which may arise. And this brings up a really good point because I have to say, like, in an ideal perspective, in an ideal world, yes. I, my situation is, okay, you have two people, you nail that first, you figure that shit out first, you feel out, figure out how to be conscious and how to have a solid bond there. And then you go on to adding other people together or separately. But when you're in a state of chaos, it just blows everything up as Ian kind of mentioned earlier. Now, what we don't see often, and I'm speaking from involvement with, and maybe it's different in Germany, so you can let me know. Mm. <laughs> um, but the, what, I think four different fairly large poly communities that we've been kind of plugged into over the years now. And I see the same problem in all of them, which is actually like, I don't want to say a lack of consciousness because that that's like a little bit too aggressive, but definitely not a intentional choice of awareness for the entire polycule. It really is just, to me, uh, outside looking in, a bunch of escapists running around getting boned. That's what it looks like. And we don't really see that like conscious relationship pattern, which is ideally what I would like to see and I think is the intention and the value of a polycule, really. But we, I, I haven't I, seen one yet. I mean, yet. On, honestly, we see that in, in the uh, monogamous relating as well. In well, the spiritual course. communities is just is people like getting together for three to six months. And once the oxytocin wears off and the shadows come out to play, then they run away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I think there's a serious lack of people who are willing to enter into relationship with the purpose of, hey, this is this is for our mutual development. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is so we can have our shadows come out and play and actually like bring light to them, exactly. as as opposed to let's just run away as soon as it gets hard. You know, and and I think like the the purpose that marriage used to serve was it kind of forced you to do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know yep. if it did. I think maybe that was the intention, but I think what ended up is people just ended up being polarized, sleeping in other beds and like coming together when they had to. Yeah, maybe, but, true. but but there was also the possibility that even though you now we 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 think we all think we need to love each other to stay as a couple. But in in these earlier times it was just hey, there are two two people uh, have to be they 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 need to have kids and then they grow them up and just to run the family. Yeah, yeah. It's really more of a business Pro- transaction. Propagate the species. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> that, we don't pur- need that anymore. This is your purpose. That, yeah, that, that was all about. And yeah. now, and especially when I look at polyamory and and all all these things of uh, how you can use this to run away from conflicts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Then you have this. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love you so much. Uh, I'm wow. And then, oh shit, there is a problem. Um, maybe I don't love you so much anymore. And there are different other people I can just join because there I get everything I need: my fun, my pleasure, my whatever. Well, I only love you when it's easy, uh, right? Especially in the solo solo poly kind of um, dynamic, right? Because you you can literally bounce from partner to partner to partner when it's convenient and you know you're mad at one partner you go and play the other one against them or or like or even just how would, it escape to them or you don't just, even necessarily or, or need just to play escape, against yeah. each other yeah how yeah. would you dis- uh, how would you define solo poly for for the listeners yeah so so if if any of you want to read a little more on it the ethical slut is a, is a book on that yeah it's wonderful um, i haven't read it but i've had many people recommend it to me and i'm like i'm not interested. you haven't read it and you're recommending I'm, it i'm not interested no i'm i'm exposing it i'm not recommending okay it. well i'm recommending it it's wonderful <laughs> I, uh, I have read it <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just not interested in that dynamic for myself um but it, it does describe from what i'm told the, the solo poly dynamic which is where you don't have relationship escalator dynamic with anybody 
-hmm. You are basically dating yourself Mm -hmm. and quite happy with yourself and you live alone traditionally in, in, in that dynamic and you date a bunch of different people, whether they're men or women or both, uh, and none of them know each other typically. Um, and they might all have their own polycules, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're kind of like in the center of this sort of star mm-hmm. uh, pattern. Mm-hmm. My experience has been they will sometimes know each other. Yeah. Um, that is definitely possible. Know of e- I mean, they, they, they won't they, be part- They'll know of each other. Yeah. But they might actually know each other too in some cases. They just won't nec- They won't usually be in relationships so, in what I've seen. So what, what's your experience about poly? I mean, I, I, for me, the experience is uh, in a, when, when I live poly, all my partners know from each other so yeah. we always know because this is this is one of the main topics for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that this is just open and honest and and we all know who is who and who is with, with whom when and whatever so there is a That's certainly the better better dynamic i, I think. mean yeah otherwise it, it's just no uh, for me it, no yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't, uh, don't, well, yeah, yeah. But I think that that dynamic works for some people for where they're at, right? Like they may be secretive about their life. They may have had people who have caused them to want to be secretive about their life, right? Okay. And so keeping things nice and segregated may work for them. Mm-hmm. And if their partners are in agreement with that, like you know. Definitely not for me, but who the fuck am I to judge, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just one aspect. I mean, of I mean, relating. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there is also in in poly also the maybe the agreement. Um, don't ask, don't tell. So yes. have fun. Or it's okay. You can do whatever you want, but just don't tell me because it's not that's not okay. Yeah, and here just, comes. An, uh, just I don't tell me. What, tell me what kind of risks I'm being exposed to. Mm. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, oh my. Uh, uh, can we do more? Mm-hmm. episodes of that because I have now so many things I just I just throw them out and we can see what what happens because we have, we have like, time you don't have to rush whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever there is this topic of um is it possible to have a marriage and be poly um of course. what what about this uh yeah sexual um um disease thing and mm-hmm. how to how to protect this how to manage risk yeah how to yeah. manage risk and and is it maybe less riskful to live polyamorous uh, instead of um, monogamous, monogamous, mm-hmm. because Inst- because you're more aware and you're not telling. Uh, yeah, you you tell not the other it. and so ever. Mm-hmm. And um, and there are some other. Pro- I, so I just much, throw so them much out. going on in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What I have to say, what's interesting to me about the idea of is poly safer from an STD perspective is mm-hmm. you know we and a lot of our one-on-one clients actually tend to come to us um, to help with. Uh, relating in a variety of of fashions and it is not uncommon for us to deal with married couples where there has been cheating or there has been um some type of oh i thought we were poly but you know we didn't actually have the conversation so we weren't actually poly and now my wife is upset etc etc and it's totally valid to say like hey Ideally, Polly forces you to have the conversation and to be more intentional with everybody so you don't have someone that's kind of just like paying for blowjobs in the back corner or something like that, yep. which does presumably make it safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it does. But the, the weird thing, here, here comes a cultural thing from uh, Europe or from Germany, uh, especially as I know, when I like to go and, and, and give my blood yeah, for... for uh, Health, health reasons yep. or whatever. And I, I say to them, hey, I have more than one partner. Hmm. I'm out. Really? Yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and the strange thing for me here really is I go and do each and every year or in, in, in sequence uh, checkups and, and be really uh, cautious about what's going on and if, there, if there's any kind of maybe risk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And others just have a one-night stand during their, yeah, so-called uh, very high uh, uh, responsible couple thing, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, throwing everything everywhere, and uh, they they can yeah spend their blood and what so this is really strange for me that is strange you know it's interesting canada has something similar but we're like probably two decades behind germany from the sounds of it (laughs) and shocking i know right canada behind germany what that never happens 
Um, so I also donate blood on a regular basis and uh, when I'm in Canada. And in Canada, they don't have a question. Like, it, they do not have the ability to even ask okay. <laughs> about multiple relationships. This is, like, not in their awareness at all. So that's where we're a little bit behind. But they, you know what they do is they do treat gay men the yeah. same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you're a man that has literally, I, I have the question almost memorized. Let me see if I can pull it out of the brain, out of the archives. If Are you a man who has slept with another man even once since 1979? If you check yes to that question, they will not take your blood. Okay. There we are a little bit more fortunate because uh, if gay men will uh, donate their blood, they, they have to, to say, yes, uh, I have a, a partner and I have it for a longer time, then it's okay. Yeah. Mm. If there are different in between. So Germany is, Germany is more focused on the uh, multiple relationship risk than like specific like activity yeah but yeah. even then it has to be a long relationship you said right it, yeah it and has it, to be a like longer that... relationship and not yeah just changing and things and, and which is ridiculous because if you weird. have a woman who's just changing all the time she's just as high risk as a man i mean i guess and, technically there's a slightly you know, higher risk because here, of tearing with men but like here <laughs> here comes my sort of dumb scientific based question of like Wait, aren't you guys testing these things before you use them? Like, sure, why, sure. why? Why are you relying on witness testimony? Yeah, like, people fucking lie. Are, are you kidding me? Exactly. Like, yeah. Don't you run these things through some sort? Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Why? Why do you even ask us any questions? Like, so, let the machine do it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, coming back to polyamory. Yeah. Um, yeah, away yeah, from yeah. the politics of blood <laughs> donation for a moment here. Um, coming back to polyamory, um, there was this um, don't ask, don't tell. I just like to uh, throw in here some 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 other aspect that uh, I'm with my partner. We love to tell each other what was going on mm -hmm. because then we are so thrilled about the 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 wonderful moments the other person had, and we can just feel it with us yeah and so we you feel uh, part of it yeah we, we we feel part of it we feel we feel like there's just a rush of pure energy running through our system when mm -hmm. we when we can have the the shared experience of the other the other one and uh, this is great yeah and sure there are also sometimes times when it's not great yeah <laughs> Of course, right? We live in a world of duality. I have to agree with you. That was definitely when Sian and I were in a, a formal triad. That was something that we also very much enjoyed was like, it was more so, unfortunately, Liz and I didn't get as much time together, but you and Liz had a lot of like solo time together. Hmm. And there would be times where you guys would tell me about the stuff that you guys got to do. And I'd be like, oh, that's so fun. And part of it was a little selfish because I'd be like, I can't wait to have that same experience because yeah. we were in a formal triad, right? Yeah. So it kind of went around all three ways. Mm -hmm. Um But yeah, that was a really, really fun part of it. And you don't really get offended by the new relationship energy the same way when you look at it that way. Instead of being jealous because this other person's fawning, you get to share in the oxytocin that's circulating yeah. through the relationship, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, love, love is nothing that gets less when shared. No, I mean, anyone that has more than one child or more than one pet should know that. Wonderful. Right? Wonderful point. Because, yeah, you don't, uh, you cannot love more than one person. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Then you should literally only have one kid, whichever mm -hmm. one's your favorite, and the rest you should throw them out. Mm -hmm. Because you only actually love one of them anyways. Might be the first one, might not be, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, but, but if the, when the kid is there, then your partner. Mm-hmm. Then it's not allowed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean if, if you look at the history of binary relating um, and like marriage specifically, actually like marriage arose as a response to agriculture mm -hmm. and property ownership. ownership yes. Property right? man ownership. Because it became troublesome if you're relating with multiple people and having children all over the place. Like it became troublesome to try and figure out who owns what. Yeah. Right. And so like we created these additional layers of law on top of property ownership that said, oh, well, you you need to define who owns this property. And when you join, you join for forever quote unquote and then when you have kids and like all of this stuff the like kids need the to, property they need to get the inherit the pro like all of these rules came from the idea of like we get to own land mm -hmm. and isn't that a fabrication yeah like, I mean, who really owns this land <laughs> th that's right and it's wonderful that you br brought up this topic because we um we in 
yeah, as I know in Germany and maybe in Europe as, uh, at all, we we look how we can manage this. So because what about um yeah when you when you have a marriage, you know who get which part of money or or the house or the kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when you really live in a strong polyamorous community, yeah, where it's not only two or three. But maybe just more, five, mm -hmm. six, seven, whatever. And you share different things with different people. Mm -hmm. yeah. A house so, with this one, kids yeah. with this one, so finances you, with this one. And we're just in this in this process of bringing awareness. <laughs> <laughs> bringing awareness. Scene's just knocking over my water bottle. Don't mind, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're crisis averted. <laughs> maybe it was just the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah, bringing awareness to this, like, okay, how can we manage this uh, officially yeah, yeah, so that, that yeah. My, my own personal recommendation is, like, we already have structures for this in society. It's called corporations, mm -hmm. right? Like, a marriage, yeah, it's it's binary. There's there's no ways about it. You can't, it's like. Wildly you're, inflexible. You're, it's, it's and, and if you tried and to. Fragile. If you tried to change it, like, you'd have so many religious organizations, like, basically, like, lighting you up. Well, not just you religious know. organizations, also government. I mean, look what happens when, yeah. like, two same-sex couples try to get married or somebody that's already married tries to get married again. What happens? It's not just the, the religions that come down their throat. It's also the government that's like, uh-uh, yeah. you can't do that because But that's not what we've decided marriage is. Like, like corporations are already structured in a way you can have multiple parties come in and you can actually define the rules of who and how and when people can come in, who and how and when people can leave. And you their can have, roles, responsibilities. And you can have different tiers, like share, different classes of shares. It's like, yep. oh, this class of shares shares in children and property. This class of shares shares in like other response. Like you can literally, the corporate structure is perfect for multi-party relationships because that's what it's designed for nice. is to generally govern create a governance structure for multi-party relationships yeah. we just never used it for poly because this problem, disney says there has to be love before there's marriage babe we haven't had this problem <laughs> before but i think like we have this problem in different areas like in yeah. corporate governance right yeah. so yeah. and for those that are listening that also means that you could use um a you know decentralized DeFi style setup to structure that like a DAO. You can oh, totally use a DAO to govern manage and govern relation. your poly relationships. That's yeah. really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now, but it, it won't be in a few years. Yeah, eventually. The tech will catch up. It's not there yet. Nice. You'll have an app to do the governance for your uh, poly relationships. Totally, that's great. <laughs> Who's listening? That's an app developer. Please create that right now. Uh, yeah, and especially something to schedule all the 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 meetings with each and every partner between all the different oh, other things. I mean, because this is this is the yeah this is the the time is the rawest thing you can have in in, in polyamory. So often this, the limit of partners is made by the time you have mm -hmm. because uh, otherwise you just yeah i mean corporate corporate tools exist for that sort to of thing as well, as well you know yeah. like get a calendly man come on <laughs> to get a calendly link and give it to your partners and then they can just book you yeah like, corporations <laughs> solving all of the polyamorous problems right yeah. here right now folks but, but here, here comes another thing so also what what's polyamory about is it that you see this person or all the the ones of your of your molecule uh the at the same r rate so mm. each and everyone each day or each uh, yeah every day a week you see someone else or how how do you manage it and it can be completely different yeah yeah like you I have don't want to see everyone every day yeah so yeah it, it, yeah, it, it, it might be that you see one of them um, only once uh, all two months yeah and then mm -hmm. the other one you live with and then the other one um, whatever every every second week or, and this is so this is it's so important for each and everyone who who likes to think about oh maybe I like to yeah try this out and to try this out I think it's very important to to recognize or to 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 notice if there is really this this feeling of love for more than one yeah or the, the feeling that it might be possible for you at the yeah the, this is this is a good thing but yeah just just this because when when I started with all that. <laughs> There was a no, no, no. That's not possible. I mean, the, the, my first relationships, I ended because I was uh, fell in love with someone else, mm. and I thought of myself, okay, then um, the older one, that that 
can't be true anymore. Yeah, I must not love that other person if I've fallen in love with somebody well, so, new because we're taught that you can only love one person. Yeah, so it, yeah. it, it has to be one after another. And well, and if you think love is oxytocin, then you would agree with that, right? Because you'd be chasing NRE all the time. Hmm. Yeah, like if, 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 if you think... Oh, that feeling I get with a new relationship where I'm just like all woozy and like I make really impulsive decisions and everything seems perfect. Sleep for two and, hours a night. You know, and... skip down the street with a smile on my face all the time. Are you telling me that you don't do these things in our relationship anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think I skip down the street. You do. <laughs> yeah, but that that's just that's just And you, you still know, make bad decisions. That's just because I meditate all the time. <laughs> so, so I like I know how to turn oxytocin on at will. Mm. <laughs> but I have a question here for the both yeah. of you because I know that you've been gone through deep, difficult moments of your personal relationship. Mm. And isn't there some gold in it a much deeper um reward of oxytocin in that deeper understanding in the deeper okay i know you mm -hmm. instead of just this butterfly thing like oh yeah this is nice well, that's, oh that's, that's what I, that's what i'm pointing at is is like it depends on what you define as love a mm. lot of people define love as that feeling they get with a new relationship oh i've fallen in love yeah i've been right? swept off my feet um and then, oh, but I don't feel that with my old partner anymore, mm -hmm. right? Or it's been so somewhere between three and six months I we've must, had our first fight and I don't feel this way about you yeah, anymore. Yeah, or exactly. So I must, like, and, and then you 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 end up, like, th equating love with that feeling that oxytocin gives you. And that just gets you on this hamster wheel of relating, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but what you're talking about with the, the deeper sort of levels or layers of unpacking a person and and really looking at it as a whole journey of discovery, every person that you meet, um, and that there's potential for love in the discovery and love in the, f like, finding the uniqueness in, in the people that you go deep with. I mean, if you've ever gone there, then you know what love is, right? And that you know it's totally different than that feeling that you get from oxytocin, which just creates a lot of babies, honestly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I've, from an evolutionary standpoint, that's its purpose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I I like to come come back here to, to one of the questions in the beginning, like um, uh, this this maybe using polyamory to run away or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I'm also thinking of um, the discussion with um, 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 psychological issues. Yep. So when you uh, are uh, saying to your psychologist, hey, you know, I'm uh, living polyamorous, then m most often this this guy or this woman will say, oh, I, I know, this is your problem. <laughs> Oh, really? Um, because now you 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 uh, are not living um, really healthy relationships. You have a problem with relationships, so we have to figure that out. And uh, you you must get rid of this. You must get into one and -on one relationships because this is the more healthier thing. Mm. And so this is also very interesting. Uh, I'm sorry, point. I've seen a lot of very unhealthy monogamous relationships. Like, Thank you. Not everybody like. I love when people quote facts. They're like, well, you know, the success rate of a polyamorous relationship is really quite low. I'm like, have you seen the fucking success rate of a mo monogamous relationship lately? Like, have you actually paid attention to that? I'm pretty sure it's basically 0 0.0. Maybe 0, 0, 0, 0, 0.001. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it you I talked yesterday to? Uh, how many divorces in our friends yeah. and family? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, th th this, is, this is the problem with any therapist or psychologist who's not trained and sensitive to... Uh, non-normal ways of relating, whether it be with consciousness, like, and, you know, transpersonal things and, mm -hmm. you know, like seeing angels and deities and stuff, they might, oh, you know, you're schizophrenic, you're not connected to reality, right? Mm -hmm. They will, will misdiagnose you because they'll just think. Or like, hey, I can actually feel my partner when he's mad, I can feel it inside of my body. Like, oh yeah, you're in trouble there. You've got a codependency mm -hmm. label slapped on you, even yeah. if it's true. Yeah, so so this is, this is like, I'll... Psychologists are only trained in what they're trained in. Yep. You know? I have a psychology and degree. They get you they get you so far. Yeah. They don't get you into this this alternative world. 
No, no, you like they would have to choose to go into the the world and explore it and understand it from a psychological perspective mm-hmm. so that they can properly diagnose people who are in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then not just project all of their problems onto the thing that they don't understand, which mm-hmm. is the human nature. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that thing that's different, that's the thing that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like But there comes the thing, um, what I experienced also in in yeah, say triads. Um, that the third person can act like a like a yeah like an observator of the whole system mm-hmm. and helping psychological problems to resolve yes. or just just to see them because yes. because yeah when you are in this relationship whatever fight and the one to the other always back and forth back and forth and then a third person comes and has not only a really outstanding view because it's just a friend, but it's in the relationship and knows probably maybe both, both very sides. well. Then this person is might be able, if this person wants to, uh, might be able to translate some things yeah. and to show things which the ones who are just in trouble are not able to see. Yeah. So yeah. it can be very, very, very important to, yeah. um, to have this. Yeah, and in fact, we actually have experience with this because like mm-hmm. Sophie here came into my already relationship with uh, our, our ex-partner and, um, you know, shone light on things that neither of us ha- was aware of that we didn't know was a problem at the time. It was it was all hidden, but it like sort of it illuminated it and then we were able to like, mm-hmm. you know, face it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so. end up with like a, a hopefully an unbiased moderator, right? Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And more and, and and this is exactly why I love to have those those kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Because um yeah, sure, when you're really conscious yeah, as you as you had it in one of your episodes, um, you you can you can make a lot of things in one on one relationships, mm-hmm. but um, my experience is each and every partner triggers different parts of your of your being. Totally. So in in that case, hmm, for me it's really also a kind of spiritual practice because you have different partners so intimate with you and uh, can trigger the shit out of you, and so. In my in my idea, you learn faster and grow faster yeah. and deeper yeah. if yeah. you allow it. Well, yeah. as, as Junko would say, you know, your angst is your liberation, right? So why not have as much angst as possible? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from from the guy who definitely layered a lot of angst in his life. Yeah. <laughs> why, why I'm thinking right now on this on this on this. Um, um, Simpson episode where uh, there was so many kids in this ball uh, thing when then add more balls add more balls because mm-hmm. they're, they're looking so unhappy and they oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that episode actually I've seen yeah. like maybe so, two Simpsons episodes in my entire life and not one I know so like add more partners add more partners oh. <laughs> yeah and that brings us back to right at the very beginning actually seeing we're kind of coming full circle when we asked you what does how would you define polyamory and you rabbit hold as you tend to do and we started talking about the trials and tribulations of polyamory, um, which is, hey, like this this one thing I have here is not already working. Let's just add more balls and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like this relationship's not working. Clearly, the solution is to add more relationships. And we see this all the time. Mm-hmm. No, may- maybe then it's exactly time to reduce and say, yes. okay, which of those I have already is the most important and I just focus on that one yes yeah well this this comes back to people's attachment styles right where um you know if you have an anxious attachment style you will be unwilling to let go of the current relationship that you have mm. because you're always afraid of them leaving, right? Mm-hmm. That, and and so the idea of pushing them away is just like unfathomable for you because of the way you grew up and the relationship you had with your parents and your mom and your dad and all of that. Um, so people and myself included t- who are of that style of attachment tend to stay too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the relationship's dead and you know years later you're like yeah it's still dead <laughs> it's been May- dead for a while maybe maybe i should add someone new and spice it up a little <laughs> bit you know or yeah. or like or at least just get my freedom yeah. you know that was that was kind of the way that i went eventually was just like okay you know i like 
living with you and I like um, our partnership, but there's no sex. So, you know, it's not a problem. And no intimacy at all. Yeah, it's not a problem if I sleep with anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, that's not a thing we do, so why would that be a problem? Mm. And the conclusion was, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that started... it was a problem, but it wasn't voiced as a problem, and that that yeah, was a whole other yeah, string ex- of things. Ex- exactly, exactly. Like it just it just hid a lot of the stuff. But it for me that experience at least like opened my eyes that hey, you know, I'm not going to be alone if I you know end end a relationship. I am a valuable person, and uh, I don't have to be afraid of losing love and intimacy and all this stuff. I didn't really have it. Mm-hmm. I at least had attachment. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be afraid of losing that. It's an important distinction yeah. between like love and intimacy and attachment, right? Mm. So it, yeah, well, I mean, that's that's a huge complex that's part of relating, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so it, it kind of educated my nervous system as to, oh, you know, maybe it's safe to like go and explore the world without this relationship that's not serving either of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then there comes another thing, and I I don't I mean <laughs> we just started here. Um, what happens when in a poly molecule um, there is one relationship that is yeah just going apart mm-hmm. mm. because then there is a lot of sadness, a lot of grief, trouble, whatever. How does all the others in this whole bunch of people, how many there are, um, hold this moment? Yeah. yeah. Or also when really someone completely new is coming into this, then there is uh, a higher energy. And then when the other person has just troubled, so how to deal with different energy levels, so to say, in this um, summer? Yeah, so I don't know what's your experience. I find it really interesting and sometimes very heavy shit to deal with um, very distant uh, energy levels of grief sadness and hi i'm so in love things and uh yeah well i find it's really quite similar um if anyone that's listening if you've been in like a really close-knit friends group Mm -hmm. that's been together for a while usually there's couples in that friends group right and this isn't a relating friends group but it's still a friends group and you're close-knit and when one couple especially if it's like a pillar couple in that friends group breaks up oh yeah that just in some cases it destroys the entire friends group or it's definitely a time of shifting months to a year oh yes right yeah Yeah. whose side do you end up on do you stay friends with both of them does one person just get ejected from the group completely does the group divide does the group explode like there's all these different things that can happen Mm -hmm. and then if you were to add that uh, dynamic and then now we're having sex and we're in love in on a, top of in a polycule in a polycule as opposed to just quote unquote just a close-knit friend group it's just an extra layer and yep. like and again and i keep saying in an ideal world the polycule really invites you to such a high level of self-awareness and personal responsibility mm-hmm. we don't see that reflected all the time because of course you can't hmm. but in the best case scenario, this is an opportunity for everybody to check in with their own emotions, their own projections, use this as an evolutionary pattern, especially if at the same time, as you said, you have a new relationship coming in too. So now it's like, okay, we're grieving, we're grieving over here. And then we're elated over here. Mm. And I mean, that's a dynamic that's like super hard to navigate, even in the best of cases. Oh, yes. And, 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 and here I would bring in the, the, uh, the holy grail of Mondo's end, because that helped me a lot. (laughs) yeah Yeah. tell us about that (laughs) yeah i mean i mean um yeah the the monozen um kenshin told about this i think in in other episodes um Mm -hmm. the 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 main teaching of the hollow bones uh order when where you really get into your emotional koan work and so what's triggering you um when you get aggressive against others yourself or relationship huh Mm -hmm. Um, how, how can you respond differently? How, yeah. And then really to, to understand, wait a moment, that's, it's not the other person that make me anything, but it's just in me. And, and to over and over again, stop and drop and relax into that feeling and, and, and get informed by that feeling and, and seeing what really needs to happen. So I like to share here one very personal thing, if I, if I may, please, um, so um not not so I think it's a year ago so my my I would call him main partner uh fell in love with someone else and was really new really special really great okay so I was first I was just 
wow, cool, that's great, wonderful, do this. Mm. Uh, I have no capacity for that and just have wonderful. So we live in a shared flat. <laughs> mm. And oh I, 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 I lie I down on my side of, uh, of, the, of the flat and they were both uh, in the other room. <laughs> so, and I just listened to them, uh-huh. laid on my bed, and then I felt like, oh, wow, what's going on here? I mean, hey, I'm Polly. I love to have him having other partners. What's going on inside of me? This is not, this is not okay. Why, why I have this? Mm. And then the like whole... Having it thrown in your face like that can be like... I mean, you, you can't prepare for that. Yeah. Oh, wait a moment. Wait a moment. And then, and then wow. I think, but because I, and, and, and that was, that was just the, the question we asked uh, ourselves just in the beginning, if we really like to uh, stay at one place together, yeah, and then mm. live together in a shared flat. So we said, yes, we can do this. Mm. So I laid, laid down on the bed and I just felt like, oh, everything was, was tense, tense in my body. And I was like, ah, because at, the, at this point, I also had a long time, really no fucking idea of, ah, I don't want to have sex at, at all. But then mm. I heard... Sex may have may make fun. Mm. Shit! Why I can't have this? Why I'm so stupid? Why is oh, great? So yeah. So it was not that their their being um, was uh, the problem, but all that what they showed me was oh this is what I'm missing inside of me. This is, this what, is what I want. This is what uh-huh. I want to to discover again for myself. And hey, and so with Mondo there came this shift of they are. Wait a moment. Not they are. I am here feeling and grieving inside of me. It's me who is thinking of, of, of myself. Um, I'm not able to, I'm, I'm not whatever. Oh, I need this love for myself to, to heal and whatever. And I just put my, my hand on my, on my chest and yeah, had a lot of grieving, but it was so, how can I say healing, mm. really healing. And I, and then and the next morning I, I, they, we, we met all in the kitchen and I was all over with tears and I just said, Hey, thank you. Thank you for that awakening moment. And they, what, mm. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> right. thank, thank you yeah, for yeah. banging right next to me so that I could learn and see my shadow. Exactly. See what I'm missing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and, and, and usually this is exactly those moments are exactly the moments of healing in those relationships for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then having also, and, and then it's cool when the others like, Oh, wow, that happened to you. Great. Um, is there anything else we can do or would you like to share or whatever? And when this has just space mm-hmm. yeah, to be there and then, and then it's gone because every emotion you just let through you 90 seconds at, yeah, and then it's gone. Emotions are just energy in motion, right? Yeah. They're literally just vibrating through and your then, body if you don't if yeah. you don't get in the way. Exactly, <laughs> and, and so, traumatize yourself in the yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. that's why Mondo's done so powerful. Is exactly. it gives you the ability to radically claim ownership over all of the emotions that are rising inside your being and not project them onto others as mm-hmm. they're doing something bad or wrong. Exactly, and that yeah. was exactly what happened. And I'm yeah. so happy about this moment. I mean, it, it wasn't fun, <laughs> but uh, it showed me a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to have all those um, methods, techniques, and uh, this practice. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's great that you share that because I actually had a very similar situation. Um, when CN first took off to go meet our other partner, it was over Valentine's <laughs> Day. And we had recently learned how to do tantric massage. Mm. And, um, I, you know, I wasn't working at the time. We were running our retreat business. But it was COVID. But I had all these. I was still really like trying to normalize my nervous system into doing less and allowing myself to just do fun things instead of being productive and and valuing creating worth through doing. And so even though I literally wasn't actually working or doing anything and it was COVID, so it's not like you could, oh no, it wasn't COVID yet. That's, no, that's not true. It was but before I, COVID. It was before COVID, but I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And because um, I, I had already left we work. Getting ready for the retreat. And we were getting ready for the retreat, right? And uh, we had learned how to do this tantrum massage, but then we had not, since we'd learned how to do it, we hadn't taken any time to practice on each other, which, you know, a tantrum massage is a pretty fucking great massage, if you mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. So basically, that means we hadn't taken this time to really relate together in this way that I really highly valued. And the second he got to see our partner in Costa Rica, the first thing I get is a picture of her looking all sexy on the bed, and he's like, pre-tantrum massage. And oh my God, I felt like I just got stabbed in the chest. 
It was oh. my first, I don't identify as being a jealous person, but in that moment, I had yeah. to like take a fucking step back yeah. and just calm myself down. <laughs> yeah. But again, same thing is it, it enlightened to me, like what a beautiful moment. Yeah. All, all I said was like, okay, have fun. And then I put it down and I went and meditated and did my own like, journaling <laughs> because I like everything in me wanted to scream and say, how dare you? But like, what do you mean? How dare you? Like, this is totally within all of the rules. So it's up to me to look inside and see, oh, I'm upset because I know that I want this thing. And the only reason I don't have it is because I was getting in my own goddamn way. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. There's no legitimate reason for us to have not carved out 30. Well, it's about a three hour journey if you do the whole thing. But yeah. there's no reason we hadn't carved that out. There's literally no good excuse for yeah. it. Other than I did not allow myself to create space for that. So exactly. really, I'm actually just mad at myself. Yes. And having tools, like I hadn't done Mondo Zen at the time, but having tools like meditation and introspection and journaling, oh, like these I, are so important. I think we did Mondo Zen. Well, not if... I didn't train you in it. I wasn't trained yeah. in it and we hadn't done the like official. Oh no, the I guess we had done yeah. the official yeah, one. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What uh, is time? <laughs> and, and on that note, my love, what are, you, what are you doing tonight? Do you have three hours for me? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you want a tantrum massage? <laughs> By the way, <laughs> maybe later. We'll maybe, see. Maybe later. Yeah. 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 So with that, um, this has been a, a wonderful Zen chat about polyamory. Um, Suzanne, do you have any closing thoughts to wrap up this <sighs> journey together? Yeah, I would say um, whatever confusion we, we we brought into your heads and minds and hearts, <laughs> um, don't trust don't trust what we say. Just experience by yourself. Mm. Um, follow your heart and see that you can be really open, honest, and vulnerable at first with you and then also with others about everything that happens. So um, even though you 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 want to be polyamorous and then over and over again feeling this envy and jealousy, maybe it's not yet the right time mm-hmm. and maybe it's just too hard then just stop it and and allow yourself um to slow down and do something else which is more soothing for you and uh don't punish yourself through an idealism of this must be the greatest and wonderful thing in the world so um, no it don't must and um yeah live your freedom and love as much as you can Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, that's it for us today, folks. Now, I will ask you to do us two favors. If you loved having Suzanne on this uh, podcast, which I'm sure you did, let us know. We would be more than happy to have her back. So if you want to hear her voice, her beautiful German accent again, then you let us know and we'll invite her back. And how, do you want to hear more about Polly? Because, I mean, as you can see, we could literally talk for about 12 fucking hours, maybe longer on this topic. Also, do you want more guests on this podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like this? Yeah. yeah. So let us know. You know how to get a hold of us. You can either email team at theprism.org or um, shoot us messages on Instagram at Zen Mind Hacker and at Queen Sophie Ma, and we'll see you in the next episode. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.